the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome to those of you who are listening to this broadcast or watching it uh, on the Harvest website. We are so glad to have you with us today. And um, the, the individual that I'm going to be interviewing is somebody that I met yesterday for the first time. And I am so, so excited to just be able to interview Mona Robb. Mona Robb is a, um, a case manager for um, Solutions of Sobriety. And she um, is going to be with us today and sharing her testimony. But before she does, before I introduce Mona, I, I just wanted to, to remind all of us who are together uh, on this podcast today to, to remember that the reason we interview people is not so that those who are listening and watching will copy what they're doing, but that they would use this as an opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit to ask them or to show them what they could be doing individually. We all have different gifts. We all aren't going to be doing the same thing, but each of us has a gift that God wants to use to be Jesus' hands and feet in our respective worlds. So Mona, Welcome. I'm so glad to have you uh, with us on on the broadcast today. So tell us, give us an elevator speech. Who is Mona Robb? Well, um, I am a child of God now. I I wasn't always a child of God. Um, But God led me to do what I'm doing today. And my teachings were through the trials I went through to become who I am today. Uh, I was broken, a homeless, um, a mess, mess. And um, God took that mess so I could help others in that mess. <laughs> right. So it's a, it's a great thing to be a... Um, a follower of God, it is a great, it is an honor to be able to do what he's asked me to do. It is an honor for me to help other people and show other people who Jesus is and why we're here. Yeah, Mona, tell us, give us a little background. You said you were homeless for how long and what was it that brought you to that homeless place? 
I was homeless for two and a half years. Actually, I've been homeless multiple times, but this last time it was for two and a half years. Um, I was homeless due to drugs. Um, I didn't believe in God. I told my children there was no God. Um, and I was just literally lost. Mm-hmm. Thought God had forsaken me. How, how did that? How did that happen? How did God reach out to you? And um, or, I mean, of course, He's been reaching out <laughs> our whole lives. But what was it that? What tell us about the circumstances in which you recognize that? Um, well, I met some people from a church, and one of the kids was going to school to be a minister. And um, when I told him I didn't believe in God, he literally started crying. And I was mm. like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and he said, it hurts my heart that you don't believe in the Father. And I was like, he's done nothing for me. And the kid was like, you're still alive. And I was right. like, well, yeah. You know, thinking that me being alive was from my own doing which I believe that he kept me alive for, to protect me, to do what I do now. Right. Um, so I started reading the Bible and I started asking God for little things, you know. Um, one was the pair of fingernail clippers. And a couple of days later, I found them in the dirt. And I was, <laughs> at first, I they all heard me what I said. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you guys did that. And um, because I think that the people I was with we're looking for guidance from me right? and I didn't have any guidance, you know, but the magic part is that every time I asked for something, I got it. And it was Mm -hmm. like, so I started to believe a little bit more and more and more. And then I met a pastor at a church that I attend now at fire and water. And, um, the church that you're attending is called fire and water. Fire and Water International okay. Church, yes. All right. So I met this pastor, and he was preaching, and I literally thought he knew my story. Mm. I, I was like, did you guys, I asked my friend, did you guys tell him who I was? And he's like, no. So after a while, I started seeing this church band all over, wherever I went, and I you know, thinking to myself, there's that van. Why is that van following me? Um, it didn't matter what part of town I was at. There was this big blue fire water van everywhere. Yeah. And um, I prayed, and, and God answered my prayer. I prayed for help, and he got me arrested. And I had never been arrested. You asked for help, and God got you arrested. <laughs> I believe it's him because... Everybody else had been put in my path, and I had like denied them and denied them. And he finally guessed like he had enough and said, "All right, we're going to do this." And um, when I got arrested, my my terms of probation was to go through treatment. And uh, I'm sitting at this treatment center on a Saturday night, and here come the fire and water van. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I have to get on that van." And, um, you know, I encouraged everybody else to get on this van. I was like, you guys have to come to this church or something going on. Right. And um, um, the pastor was like, 
He caters to the afflicted, the addicted, the hurting, the poor, and the lost. And I was like, that's me. I'm that. Right. (laughs) I am that lost person. And now I go out in the fire and water van and pick up people for church. Okay. So it's kind of like that was my calling. God called me to do a job. Well, what it what is it, Mona, that um, that all resulted in? Now you're instead of a person who's receiving that kind of help, God has called you to reach out to others. So tell tell us what what do you do? Well, on like today, I would be going on outreach, um, and what we do is we make up a bunch of meals and. Um, we get some hygiene and some cookies and, you know, a bunch of fire and water cards. And I have treatment center cards. And, you know, I go out there and try to tell people about Jesus and how he saved me and how he can save you too. And, you know, just letting them know that God loves them, giving them a water, you know, asking for prayer. Do you need prayer? Um, do you want us to call somebody? There's somebody that we can reach out to that can come get you or, you know, that you need to have forgiveness from. I mean, what what's going on? And um, so I've been out there rescuing people off the street and letting them know that God loves them. Right. And taking them right. And get help. Yeah. Well, tell us tell us a story that will help us, you know, um, have a context and a picture of what it is that you do. What What is one story that just comes to your mind that, that really illustrates how God has um, used you as Jesus' hands and feet? My one story is uh, a kid named Tyler. And I met him on 51st Avenue and McDowell. And he it's was in, broke. In Phoenix. Yeah, in Phoenix. And... Um, I was giving out pizzas and water and I had a few blankets and, and I had a chair, a lawn chair in my, my van. And, um, um, so I started talking to him and he was very interested in getting off the streets. And I asked him, I said, do you know Jesus Christ? And he said, yes, his parents were Christian. And, um, so, um, I said, are you just lost? They said, yes. He goes, I need help. So I gave him one of the fire and water cards. and um, Fire and water cards being the card from your church. Yes. So he could call and they get a hold of me. And um, he didn't have a phone, so he didn't call. He walked for three days to the fire and water church. What? Yeah, he walked. It took him three days to get to where the church is you're kidding you know and he had his lawn chair and he said mona sent me here and he goes and i need help yeah so i I mean the guy had pink hair you know he was just like a skinny little twig and um so we got him in a place called teen challenge and um today he graduates one year of sobriety and going forth in more ministry. So he's graduating today, one year of sobriety. Today. 
today. As, as the day that we're talking. Yeah. He's, okay. he's graduating yeah. from teen year, teen challenge, and yeah. he's been sober now for a year. Yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord. He's Praise amazing. the Lord. This must be an exciting day for you. It is. It is. It is. Because he tells his testimony and I'm in it. You know, so <laughs> it's to carry that on. But there's been there's been many and it and all the honor goes to God. He puts Amen. the right one in my mouth. Right. And the people, the right people in front of me. Yeah. And it, so what what does he plan to do now that he's graduating from from Teen Challenge and has a year of sobriety behind him? He's going to be getting a job, he said, but he's also going to be continuing a ministry where he's going to do the same thing I did. Okay. Go out, water, food, ask people if they want prayer. So it's kind of like um, I bestow him that, and he goes out and does the same thing. Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Good. I'm, I'm sure you have lots and lots of stories. Tell us some more. <laughs> well, I teach the youth ministry. And um, I believe that teaching our youngsters is going to help them and planting the seed. Because I've told them my story of being homeless. And they can't believe it. They're like, there's no way you were ever homeless and you've never done drugs and you're just a spinning angel. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, these are young people in your church? Yes. Okay. Our church is um, a, a strange kind of church. It's, it's for the addicted. You know, people that are in recovery come to our church because there's no judgment. You know, okay. we're not here to we're here to love you back to life. Well, so, so Mona, who are the kids? Are they the children of, of drug addicts? Yes. Okay. All right. And so, how many of the kids are are in the group that you teach or that you uh, counsel? How many? And it's it's funny because I give them hope that their parents are going to get better. Okay. Wow. Wow. How many of them are there? There's 10 kids in my group. And they don't yeah. believe they don't believe that you are ever homeless. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. Okay. So tell us some other stories that help to illustrate what you what you do and what you've seen. Well, what I see is a lot of people that don't believe in God. Right. And they don't possible and um they're lost it, it's heartbreaking to think that i was one of those people so i try to encourage and i mean when i mean encourage i mean sit down and share a bottle of water and find out what's going on how can i help you you know what can we do for you right and um I, I met a girl out there one day, and her name, she called herself Candy. I candy? Said, okay. Candy. Okay. Like candy, piece of candy. Yeah. And um, I said, well, what's your, what's your God name? What's the name that God gave you? And she said, Nicole. 
And when she said that, she started crying. And I said, are you running from Nicole? And she said, yes, I don't want, I don't want to be that person. And I'm like, but you want to be candy. And she's like, I don't want to be candy either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, so it, there's a lot of lost and misunderstood thing. They're misunderstanding what's going on around them. Right. They don't know God's already protecting them. Yeah. And I want to share that with them that, you know, God's here right now. He's all over you. And um, it, it is, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to point out that the reason why you're still here is because he's with you. Right. Mona, the story that you told us about the young man who's graduating um, from uh, Teen Challenge today. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a story of, of real um, restoration. Yes. And, um, and I think sometimes we, you know, we look at people who are asking for money, you know, on the street corner, you know, and we look at them and we say, you know, I'd like to help, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to do anything. Um, you know, how, you know, what could I do? I mean, what, what, what would be your advice, you know, to people like us who um, are driving down the street and we see someone who's obviously homeless, you know, who looks like they could be working, but aren't, and they're, they're begging for food. What's, you know, how, how, how would you advise that we respond to somebody like that? Um, I, I, I see a lot of consistency. If you keep coming out and giving the same person a bottle of water every day, I mean, obviously they're drinking it. And if you keep coming out, giving them a bottle of water and telling them God loves them, they're going to start to think that maybe it's true. Um, I usually don't give people money. There is a couple of people that I do only because I know their situation. Um, but you have to get to know that person. They are totally flabbergasted when you walk out there and you go, hey, Tony, how's it going, Tony? And they're like, hey, how you doing? Just remember their name is amazing. I mean, they love when you remember their name. <laughs> so so one, one principle would be if you give a bottle, number one, and let me try to repeat what I heard you say. Don't give money. But if you have a bottle of water, you can give them that and you can ask them their name. Yes, know their name. And remember the name because if you drive by there, you'll see them again. Yeah, you and will. You, you, and so one of, one of the things we could do is be sure we have bottles of water. Yes. Okay. And instead of money, give them right. a bottle of water. Ask them their name and remember that name. But uh, what I also heard you say was develop a relationship. Yeah. Now you can't do that, you know, at a stoplight. But right. if you see them again, you remember their name. Yep. And give them another bottle of water. And then what? Just tell them, you know, that God loves you. 
Jesus mm. loves you. Come to my church. Cards. Okay. And you know? so, so are you saying then that we should have a, a card from our church to give them? Yeah, card from your church or, you know, like, um, even just if you wrote down a number to, like, Phoenix Rescue Mission or Phoenix Restoration or Teen Challenge and say, you know, here, give this guy a call. Maybe they'll help you. Build relationships. I'm not saying that, you know, go out and be an evangelist like I am, you know, because if I could do this 24 and 7, I would. And I, I actually do some most of the time. <laughs> but um, if you build a relationship with somebody and they consistently see that you care, they're going to want what you have. Okay. All right. Okay. So are there, what are some, are there any other principles that, that, that a person like me could, uh, could know about and try to practice in order to, to truly be a help to these people? To truly be a help is that bottle of water until the price is here. He's coming back and he's here for you. You know, he told me to come visit you. Wow. Okay. So uh, another principle, I, I think I didn't hear you say specifically, but seems to be implied, is to be intentionally ready. Yeah. For, I mean, because, you know, if you're stopped at a stoplight and you're not ready, you know, right. you're probably going to leave your window rolled up and, and not say anything. But if you're if you're intentionally ready to respond to people like this, you have water. You're have prepared water. to stop. You're prepared yeah. to ask them their names. Yep. And you're prepared to, if you see them again, to be able to respond to them and share that Jesus loves you. Yep. Yeah. That's really helpful. You know, I, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh man, I wish I had a water or oh man, I wish I had something for them. Well, I, I get prepared in my car to go to work. I make sure I have my lunchbox. I make sure I have my books for work. I make sure I have whatever. Make sure you have something for that emergency. You know, that extra pair of underwear in the glove box. You know, I mean, I know it sounds funny, but so my grandma used to say, always carry an extra pair of underwear. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I always carry a lot of water. I just carry a little six-pack cooler. Right. You know, times where I just, there, there was a couple of times where I gave this one lady my shoes. She had really? no shoes. Yep. I came walking in to work. My boss was like, where's your shoes at? Oh, I gave this homeless girl. <laughs> like, How about that? Three next pair of shoes. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, one more story. One more story? Yeah. I got one. Tony. Tony was um, the guy I was picking up for church. And um, he had was so proud of himself overly proud of himself that he got like 92 days sober. Uh, he was going to school for peer support because he wanted to do, you know, what somebody did for him. He wanted to give back. 
And uh, only only have about sixty seconds left on this boat. He end up relapsing. And when I was out feeding the homeless, I seen him. I'm like, hey, what are you doing out here? And he said, oh, I relapsed and blah, blah, blah. You know, I relapsed. But I he said, come on, let's go. We'll get you back into treatment. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. But I kept going every Thursday. Same spot. Hey, Tony, come on, let's go. Finally, he came. So, you know, it's like the consistently, he said, Moni, just kept following me everywhere I went. There she was. There she was. Come on, now let me help you. God loves you. You know it. And so he got back, and he's back in our church, and he's doing amazingly again. Very good. So another principle is follow-through. Yep, follow-through, definitely. If you tell somebody you're going to be there with something, be there. They may not be there, but be there anyway. Right. Mona, you have 30 seconds to tell those who are listening. What could they do? What attitudes could they have? to open their heart to what the Holy Spirit might be saying to them. Have Jesus in your heart. Always. Carry Jesus with you. Carry him. Amen. For those of of you who are listening, you've been listening to Mona Robb, and we are so glad that you've been with us. Mona, thank you so much for being with us, and may the Lord continue to bless you as you are Jesus' hands and feet to the homeless people of Phoenix, Arizona. God bless you. All the honors to God. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.